You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Everything about the Lord and what He says will come true. We need to believe in the promises of God. We can't pick and choose which promise we'll believe in. Many of us only believe in certain promises. The whole Bible is full of promises. Tons of promises in here. You just can't pick and choose, I want this, because this looks good, I think I'll take this promise. Either it's all true or none of it's true. You either believe it all or you don't believe it. Good, bad, and hard stuff. It's either all true or it's not. Today, Pastor Dave reminds us of the importance of faith. While belief in Christ is non-negotiable in becoming a Christian, the reality is that we will still struggle with faith. But Pastor Dave challenges us to have faith in all of God's promises, rather than doubting the promises that we find difficult to believe. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 7 as he continues his message, The Price of Unbelief. Scripture says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He did it incredibly. No drawn sword, no bloodshed, nobody died. It's going to be a little different when we get further along in 2 Kings with the Assyrians. They're going to meet one bad angel. But the Lord didn't do that this time. These lepers found out that the Assyrians had left. The Jordan was clear. Even better, all their food was left behind. Look at verse 8. And when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came get banged back and entered another tent and carried some more also. And they went in and hid it. These guys are gorging themselves. These guys are having a great time. They're chowing down like Chowhounds, they're having a great time eating all this stuff and taking the clothes and things. The siege for Samaria was over, and they knew about it. But nobody else did. They knew about it, but no one else knew about this good news. And I love what happens next. Look at verse 9. Then they said to one another, we're not doing right. I love that. I really love that. They were convicted by the Holy Spirit. You know, we're not doing right here. This day is the day of good news, gospel. This is the day of good news, the gospel, good tidings. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. I love these guys. This is really great. They're probably stuffed like ticks, man. They're gorged out, man. They've been eating for two days, it seems like. Actually, just a couple mornings. But they realized that everything was a gift of the Lord. This is not right. This isn't right that we hoard this stuff. They wanted to share this bountiful gift to those who were starving. They realized that the gift should be shared. They understood that to remain silent and to enjoy these things selfishly would bring upon sin upon them. They realized that. They had a responsibility to share the good 
news. You don't have to be a rocket science to know where I'm going with this. I mean, it's, it's simple. I love what Guzik said. Yet they enjoyed the feast first before they told others about it. We cannot properly share the good news of Jesus Christ unless we ourselves are enjoying it. I like that. We have been given a most precious and gracious gift. We have been given salvation through Jesus Christ. We have been given to that. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. No one can boast about it. We've been given that by God's grace, by God's mercy. But we should not keep this wonderful gift to ourselves. We need to share it. We need to share the good news, the gospel with others. The same thing that these guys are going to do. They're going to share the good news with others and let others partake. We want others to come into God's kingdom, others to spend eternity with us. We have something very special. We have the answer to the world's problems. We have the answer to all the problems in the world, and his name is Jesus Christ. We have that answer. We need to share that. Just like these lepers are going to share that. Let's look through 10 through 15. So they went and called the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, we went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human, not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied and tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out, and they told it to the king's household inside. So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know we are hungry, therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of the servants answered and said, Please, let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Look, they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed, I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and you and see... Therefore, they took two chariots with the horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, Go and see. And they went, and they went after them to the Jordan, and indeed, all the road was full of garments and weapons, which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king. Wow. Pretty cool. Lepers weren't welcome in the city, so they had to call up to the gatekeeper. They had to cry out to the gatekeepers, and they couldn't speak to a lot of people, but they could call up to the gatekeeper from afar. The gatekeepers took the message. They took the good news that the lepers were communicating in the most simplest way, and it went from one person to another, which is the way the good news should be spent. One person to another. And I love that about Jesus. You see Jesus preaching to the multitude. You see Jesus teaching to the twelve. But man, he was good on the one-on-one. He was good on the one-on-one, and sometimes we forget about the one-on-one. We forget about the one-on-one, and I think it's extremely, extremely important. The news finally reaches the king, and the king says it's a trap. They're building a Trojan horse. Nah, it's a trap. Don't let anybody go out lock the gates. The Syrians are sly people. They know how hungry we are. We go out there, they're going to cut us down and kill us. As soon as we open the gate, they're going to come and take the city. We can't do that. We can't do that. You know, I thought about this. Where's the king's heart? Now, I know he's protecting the city, and I'm not trying to go against his wanting to protect the city. But was he or was he not there when Elisha made the prophecy? He was there. Well, he's dealing in unbelief himself. 
Elisha made the prophecy. See, we just don't believe God would work that way. And that's the problem with unbelief. We don't believe God would work the way he wants to work. I mean, there's there's something on that whiteboard out there from Habakkuk 1.5. It says, I'm going to do a work in you that you will know, but even though I told you, you won't believe it. I butchered that too. We don't believe God's promises are true. He can't do that. It's too good to be true. There's no way he can do that. Unbelief keeps them from even partaking of this glorious time. Then finally, one fellow steps up and says, Lord, or king, there's only five horses left that we haven't eaten. Let's get some guys and we'll go scout around. And finally, the king relents and says, okay, go ahead. And they get on the horses, they go down, and they come back and go, it's true. There's not a Syrian in sight. Everything is clear, and all the we see is, is sandals and coats and all this kind of stuff. They're all gone. They're all gone. It's found to be true. And they went out, the people went out of the city and they plundered the Syrian camp. And Elisha's prophecy came true. Look at verse 16. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a sayer of flour was sold for a shekel, and two sayers of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came true. What a surprise. God's word always comes true. This was great news for the people of the city. But it was bad news for the messenger who didn't believe God's promise. It was bad news for him. Let's finish out the chapter. Now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge over the gate. But the people trampled him in the gate and he died. Just as the man of God who had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. So it happened, just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, two sayers of barley for a shekel, a say of fine flour for a shekel, shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. Then the officer had answered him, a man of God, and said, now look, if the Lord would make the windows of heaven, could do such a thing be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. Now, this is quite a harsh sentence for unbelief. But unbelief leads to death. Unbelief leads to death. And we have to be very careful about this. The same thing happens today. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you're struggling in your faith, you might see others walking in their faith. You might see others doing wonderful things in the Lord, and you might become jealous. And just like this man, you see it, but you can't take part of it because you haven't allowed the blessings of God to overwhelm you. What is unbelief keeping you from? What is unbelief keeping you from? Unbelief kept me from going to Delaware. I wanted desperately to go to Delaware back in 1993. I wanted to go to Delaware and start a Calvary Chapel. I didn't go. Oh, I can give you a lot of reasons why I didn't go, but it was unbelief. And now that I'm here, I know that I didn't go so the Lord could bring me down here. But the world works all things together for good for those that are the called and love them according to his purpose. But unbelief, what are the promises? Are you being trampled over by others? Are you feeling you're being stepped on, walked over, missing out? 
What's the, what's the problem? The lepers had this great meal and the people of the city were restored to health because they ate of the bounty. But the king's messenger died because he did not believe in God's promise. If you don't believe in God's promise for salvation, you will surely die because the wages of sin is death. You will surely die. But the gift of God is life eternal through Jesus Christ. That gift that he wants to give us. Because of unbelief, this guy died. He saw others getting the blessing, but he died. Many people today do not believe that the Lord is returning soon. Many Christians don't believe that the Lord is returning soon. Many are either putting off accepting Christ or they're just not into waiting for it. This is unbelief. The word of the Lord will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his Lord, the word of the Lord will remain forever. And everything about the Lord and what he says will come true. We need to believe in the promises of God. We can't pick and choose which promise we'll believe in. Many of us only believe in certain promises. The whole Bible is full of promises. Tons of promises in here. You just can't pick and choose, I want this, because this looks good, I think I'll take this promise. Either it's all true or none of it's true. You either believe it all or you don't believe it. Good, bad, and hard stuff. It's either all true or it's not. We need to be like the four lepers. We need to feast on the word of God instead of doubting. We need to step out in faith and not holding back and sitting back. We need to give ourselves to ministry or give ourselves talking to others rather than gorging constantly on the word of God. You know my analogy, becoming a fat tick. We become fat ticks. We got to give that out. We got to go and talk to other people about the Lord and share the gospel, share the good news. We need to be careful to not be like the king's messenger. When we hear God's word, when he says, I want to forgive you, I want to forgive your family, I want to save you, I want to bless you, I want to heal you, I want to give you eternal life, I'm coming back. We need to take those promises to our heart. We need to believe what God says is his word. We need to take it to a cross because it was paid for. Everything right there. Everything was paid for on the cross. Everything. Don't get trampled by life. You've heard me say life gets in the way. We need to believe through life. Do not refuse the word of God when you hear it. Don't ignore the spirit when he moves inside your heart and shows you something. And the spirit is moving inside your heart when God's word is being taught. When we are studying God's word, the spirit is at work right now in your hearts. He may be showing you something. He may be showing you different things that maybe there's something in your heart. You're going, you know, we got to get rid of that. We got to get rid of it. Don't quench it. Don't ignore it. Don't grieve it. Let it happen. Your response should be, yes, Lord. Help me to get through that. Help me to get rid of it. Take God as his word and then apply it to your lives. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't kick back and become lazy eating bonbons. I knew I'd get that in there. Step out in faith and watch what God can do. Step out in faith and watch what God can do. And if you want to see a great, read a great chapter on stepping out in faith, read 1 Samuel 14, Jonathan and his armor bearer. A great, great chapter about stepping out in faith. When you are hurting, when you're being pressed upon all things. These are faith-building opportunities. This is when your faith can grow, like the lepers. Why sit around and wait to die? Move out. It's past time to start sharing what you believe instead of gorging ourselves on the world. 
We gorge ourselves on the worldly things. We need to gorge ourselves on God and then give it out. Share it with others. Give more. Don't read the word or hear the word and then go back to the world to enrich your life. Don't let that happen. We all struggle with unbelief. I struggle with unbelief at times. It's difficult. But you know in Mark 9, this beautiful story of the father and the son. And the father asked Jesus to heal the boy. And Jesus says, all things are possible with God. Just believe. And he says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbeliefs. Don't think it's too good to be true. Don't think it's something too good to be true. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews, this is where we're going to finish up. In chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews, he's talking about faithfulness. The Israelites had departed from God after being delivered from Egypt. They had come out of the bond of, of Egypt, and the issue isn't the deliverance from sin. The issue was entering into the fullness that God has for them. They had been delivered. They had been set free from the bondage, but they didn't enter into the fullness that God had for them. They sent people out to check out the land. Twelve of them. Ten came back and said, no, 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 don't go, don't go. There's giants in the land. Two back came back and said, we can take them. And because of their unbelief, they wandered for 40 years. And they all had to die off before they went into the kingdom. There are many people who have peace with God because they have been delivered from the power of sin and darkness into the kingdom of light, but they don't have the peace of God. They haven't entered into the rest. And the scripture says, be careful not to enter into his rest. Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart as you did in the day in the wilderness. Enter into the rest. Enter into joy, the abundant life that the spirit of God has come and promised us. Read John 10, 10. I have come that they may have life and life more abundant. He's talking about now, folks. He's talking about right now. They haven't entered into that full richness. Our experience sometimes is a wilderness experience, and we wander through the wilderness, and we can't seem to get out. We don't enjoy our walk with the Lord. We should be enjoying it. It should be a wonderful time. It should be a gracious, a glorious time. I'm not minimizing anybody's problems because problems are going to come along. But we have the Lord in our heart. Greater is he in us than he is in the world. We should be able to rejoice in the midst of our suffering, rejoice in the midst of our problems. If it's something that we do, if a constant trial where God wants you to come into the fullness of life and know the victory of the Spirit of God that's in you, entering to the richness and fullness of God, he wants us to enter in. He doesn't want us to look from afar. He doesn't want us to look in and see, but not partake. He wants us to partake. He wants us to be partakers. When Israel failed to enter the, the land, when that officer failed to believe God's promises, his failure of faith meant death. The failure of the Israelites meant death because they wandered for 40 years. They didn't believe God was able to bring him into the land. He didn't believe God was able to do what Elisha said. A lack of faith. They turned it over to the enemy. They were saying, we can't do it. We're unable. We can't. Many times we find that our unbelief keeps us from entering into the rich, full life that God wants us to experience and have. 
because we don't take it into our hearts. Our problem is we look at our resources. We look at our resources. Have you ever considered God's resources? <laughs> God's resources? We get our eyes off the Lord and we start to look at the enemy. And he becomes what we think greater than God. Our enemy has been defeated on the cross. He's been defeated. He's a defeated foe. He is absolutely, yes, he is under our feet. He, can, he's done. Done. Don't give him any room. He's done. There's a greater power in us than in him. But you have to believe it. You have to accept it by faith and move forward. It's your choice. God's never going to force you to do the abundant life. But you will. Do you want to sit back here and see it from afar? Boy, how come? How come they're always enjoying that? How come they're always having a, such a good time in the Lord, and I'm so miserable? Well, maybe you haven't accepted that. Maybe you haven't entered into that full rest that God wants to give you. You're seeing it from afar, but because you don't believe the promises God is for you. You can't have it, and you don't want it, or you want it, but you can't have it because you have lack of faith. Pray. Be like the man in Mark. Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. God wants to do something mighty. It's important for us to know that the failure of the Israelites in the Hebrews scripture and the failure of the officer was a failure of faith. They did not believe that God was able to do that which he said he would do. They were looking at their own resources. The officer was looking at all the dying in the land, all the people who were dying. And he kind of mocked God. God really able to do this? We need to know that God can. We need to go that God can. Maybe there's something that you're struggling with today. Come on. Believe in the promises of God and walk brilliantly and lovingly into his arms and he will lead and guide you. He has got something for every single one of you here. And I don't know what that is, but it's incredible if you would just seek him and follow him. And that's... I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. And that's what the scripture says. That's what the scripture says. So when you go to prayer, that's what you need to pray for. What is it that's hanging you up? What's that molehill that looks like a mountain in front of you? What's that thing that you can't seem to get over? What's that thing that you don't believe that God can do in your life? What's that one thing that you don't believe God can do in your life? You're holding back because you don't believe he'll do it. Pray about it. Seek God with your whole heart. Let him show you what that one thing is and then be able to jettison and get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Don't let it hold you back from receiving the promises of God. You are assured. 
This has been another edition of A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. Thanks for tuning in. As you notice in the course of history, an entire nation can be led astray by following after other gods. But the leader of the nation is the one who sets the example. In so many cases in 2 Kings, the one who was in charge was himself acting wickedly or was swayed by the people who were doing evil practices. Unfortunately, you see the downfall and destruction of a nation when it chooses to stray from following after God. What does that mean for today? What are the patterns and practices being set into place in this nation? When you refer to history, it doesn't look promising, but that doesn't mean that you have to give in to societal pressures and practices. Your example of standing up against the norms could affect others around you. You never know who's observing and how they might change their own perspective based on your example. If you have any questions about what you heard today, you can reach us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We encourage you to keep looking to Scripture for answers about all of life's questions. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. If you want to hear this message again or others like it, you'll be able to find them on our website, assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to join us again next time to learn more valuable lessons in 2 Kings right here on A Sure Hope.